Hello, and welcome to The Review, the podcast where we sit down with your favorite Kanama players and company owners and influencers over a cup of coffee to chat about the game that we all love, Kanama, because Kanama is more than just a ball and a cup. I'm your host, Adam, and today I'm really excited to dive into this week's episode with Ben Harold from Grand Theory Kendama. Ben Harold is a legend in the scene, and I, I honestly do believe that if you've been playing Kendama for more than a year and you don't know who Ben is, are you really even playing Kendama? Or are you just participating in Ball in a Cup? Like, I think it's a little bit different there. But as we get ready, fill up your mug and let's dive into this week's episode. But before we do, I want to tell you guys about one of my favorite coffee brands that you should be filling your mugs with, which is Onyx Coffee Lab out of Arkansas. You guys have probably heard me talk about this on the podcast a lot, but we've been taking a couple weeks off. And so I want to remind you guys of what I think is one of the greatest roasters in North America, Onyx. They do things just right. They focus on sustainability, they focus on ethics and quality, and they've won lots of championships from their baristas and from their roasts. If you're a new coffee drinker and you're trying to figure out what should I try, they have a great quiz that you can take to find out what you might like, and they ship worldwide. They do ship very cheaply within America, and I still flip the bill up here in Canada for my shipping. Uh, it sucks, and we're working on things like that. But seriously, guys, go to onyxcoffeelab.com. Check out their wide variety. Whether you're a new coffee drinker or seasoned coffee drinker, they got it all. They got some great stuff. I'm drinking a Kenyan this morning from them. You can use code BREVIEW10 on their website to save a little bit of money and go towards supporting the review. So with all that said, we are going to dive into a really exciting conversation here with someone that I've been really looking forward to, and I know so many of you guys have been asking me to get on the review, Ben Harold. So Ben, uh, why don't you jump on here and let's dive into this week's brew view. Ben, welcome to the review. Welcome. It's a long time yeah. coming. <laughs> Admittedly, Ben, I, I was afraid to ask you for a long time. I was like, ah, Ben's just too cool. He knows too much about Kanama. I can't, I can't have Ben on the review. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> at least do a year's worth of episodes before I reach out to Ben to see if he wants to come on. <laughs> this guy put more than a year's worth of work into putting an edit out. I gotta put in more, more than a year's work of a podcasting to get Ben on here. <laughs> but here we are. Yeah, well, you did it, right? Are you out a year? We're over a year. We're, That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, I started April last year, so we're like a year and like four or five months now. So Perfect. I've been grinding. <laughs> so I've, I've passed the milestone. I finally <laughs> sent the message out to Ben. I said, Ben, now's the time. I've been working for this. <laughs> and, and here we are. Yeah, oh, well, I'm glad to be here, man. Absolutely. Okay, Ben, where, where are you tuning in from? I'm here in San Jose, California. It's 8.16 a.m. 8.16 a.m. in San Jose, I've never been to San Jose, but to be honest, I actually imagine that you were not from San Jose. Did you live in Portland for a while? No, never lived in Portland. Uh, I when I started playing Kendall, I lived in Reno, Nevada. Yeah, I knew that. I for some reason I always thought you were in Portland. You always in my mind fit in with the Portland squad of Kendall players. <laughs> I don't know if it's the edits that you put out because you're always in forests or trees or whatever it was. Uh, but I remember watching your edits and I was like, oh, Ben probably lives in Portland with all the other Portland players. I should go to Portland. Uh, <laughs> sure enough, apparently you're not from Portland, but you're currently living uh, in San Jose. How long have you been there? That's right, yeah. Uh, I've been there for six years. Okay, so it's been a hot minute since you've been in San Jose. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, same swath, full time. Love that's it. super cool. Well, Ben, um, I don't know how familiar you are with Review, but we like to ask all of our guests uh, three opening questions to really kick things off, kind of get a standardization. Right 
you know, our early Moshikame into the episodes. Uh, and, and I always like to open with, what are you drinking today as you join the review? We're all about liquids, mostly coffee, but we're, we've humbled ourselves and lowered our ego to allow other things to be drinking on the show. Uh, what are you, what are you drinking? Right, <laughs> uh, right now I'm on the tail end of an arrow press of some uh, dark roast Sumatra coffee. Uh, Sumatras are so good. Yeah, it's uh, from Pete's Coffee. Okay, is that a My, local uh, roaster? Uh, no, uh, Pete's is a, I think a nationwide brand. Um, probably more on the West Coast. Um, out here, they're like probably second to Starbucks, but still try really hard to maintain their less corporate image. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, I worked at a Pete's for three and a half years. Uh, from like 2016 to the end of 2019. As, super, um, as a barista? As a barista, that's right. That's awesome. I knew that you were a coffee guy. I was trying to watch through some of your old edits this morning before I got you on here just to refresh myself a little bit. And now I'm going to forget the name of it, but you started the edit by brewing a, an AeroPress and you're in a forest. Uh, I was just watching it and I can't remember the name. Do you remember yeah. which one I'm talking about? Uh, yes. I'm not sure I remember what we called it either, but yeah, I remember the day, uh, Jake yeah. and I, it's, it's using the stick to stir yeah, it. Yeah. You're like carving yeah. the stick at the beginning. And I think yeah, it's that yeah. same, I think it's that same edit where you do like the tree stall inward flip yeah. back to inward loon. Yeah. I was just watching this, uh, that this morning I was like, Oh man, he likes coffee. He's <laughs> like the right guy for the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was also fully directed by Jake Weens. Who uh, okay, so, also likes coffee quite a bit. Yeah, sometimes I, I've had people message me in my DMs being like, so if like between you and Jake, who's the bigger coffee nerd? I'm like, I think Jake probably cares more about things <laughs> than me. I just like really like coffee, but he probably knows a lot more than me. Jake's the kind of guy that goes deep into the nerdy side of things. Like he knows everything about everything when he gets into something, at least from, from an outside perspective. Like yeah. I just trust Jake when it comes to things. Yeah. He's good about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, one, uh, two more questions here. Uh, before we really dive into the conversation, um, if you could teach any one person their first spike, past or present, alive or dead, doesn't matter, who would you want to teach? Ooh. Oh, man. I was unprepared for this one. <laughs> you should be watching the review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew there were three questions, but I didn't. I didn't think about playing it. Pass or okay? So historical figures. It could be. It, it could be someone like I. People have come. There's been at least like a handful of people that have said you on the show and have been like, "Oh, I, it would have been great to have been the person who taught Ben Harold because Ben Harold's <laughs> has changed so much of the game." Like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, well, I I could pick like the kid at my high school who had a kendama that showed me kendama and then we'd have a weird sort of Ouroboros snake oh. eating its own tail of causality. Yeah. Um, but no, I won't do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you could, but you won't. Who's a good, oh yeah, someone, I guess I'm going to be sort of cheesy and say like Rodney Mullen. Oh, okay. Has, he, has anyone, has said, he, has anyone said Rodney Mullen yet on your program? <laughs> People have said Nija, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, but I don't know if anyone said Rodney Mullen. Honestly, we've had like six, over 60 episodes now. I don't yeah. remember who everybody has said. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, but it's possible. Like 
Rodney's an infamous character within Kendama just because of skate culture. So it's yeah, hard to say absolutely. for sure. So someone might have said him, but you know what? That's okay. Multiple yeah, people I'm going could have taught him. That's <laughs> a good pick. I like that pick. Yeah. Um, are do you skateboard? I don't. Um, skateboarding is a thing that by the time I realized how cool it was, mm. I was already really deep into tricking and. Mm. I feel like you can't have two hobbies like that in the same lifetime. I would yeah. just, I would just destroy my body if I tried it now. Yeah. Um, but I do love watching it. I'm endlessly impressed by all the insane skating shit that people yeah. are doing these days, as well as scootering and BMX. And yeah. I just love that stuff. It, it's progressed like crazy in the last little, little bit, last couple of years. Like guys like uh, Ryan Williams, the scooter kid out of Australia who started riding BMX for Nitro Circus, hitting world first tricks on BMX and just doing stuff that you've never thought would be done by like a kid who grew up scootering. It's like just crazy the types of things that are being hit now on bicycles and scooters and skateboards. That, yeah. Like, 20 years ago, we were having a hard time ollieing, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, social media is just it's the ultimate multiplier for all of that kind of stuff. Just, as totally. soon as everyone can see what everyone else can do, the like collective skill level just explodes. And we've seen it in Kendama tricking, yeah. skateboarding, like literally everything. Yeah. You know, if we graphed the skill progression from like the sixties, skateboarding in the sixties is probably yeah. going like this. And then the internet comes around and it just skyrockets. Yeah. They're okay. So there was actually a, a quick little aside before we jump into the third question. There was a cool study done a while back uh, where a group of guys went into researching on like patents and innovations and stuff like that as like a, a baseline for uh, world knowledge, essentially as saying like, okay, you know, this is the, the quantitative analysis that we can make on like the doubling of the world's knowledge or information. Mm -hmm. So they would mark different points in history between when, you know, they had a collective amount of knowledge here to the point in which it doubled. And yeah. at first, like from like zero AD, it took like a thousand years to hit the next doubling of information where innovations and patents or like whatever metrics they were using hit a double. And then the next set to double was like 500 years. And then it was down to like 200, then 100 and all the way down, like past the industrial revolution into like Y2K and the launch of the computer and stuff today, or well, when the book was written, like, which I think was like about 10 to 15 years ago, I can't remember who the author was. They were saying at that point, we were already at a point because of the internet and because of our ability to read stuff from other languages with Google Translate and stuff, we can just access knowledge and information across the world like instantaneously. We are at a point where information is doubling at the rate of a day. So our global <laughs> intelligence, our global innovations are doubling every day. And I would imagine that now, 10 years after that book, it's probably every hour or less. Like we yeah. as a global entity are just... In, in, overwhelmed by information there's so much we can we can take and do it's crazy and it's the internet right yeah. social media it's the same thing we saw in kanama like you were saying and so mm -hmm. it's just crazy mind-blowing to me like i don't you've been playing for what 10 10 plus years now right oh um what is it christmas will be nine okay you're getting close to that decade and yeah i imagine you've seen that too like early when you started playing there wasn't really the social media craze around Kanama. It was a lot of small groups wherever they were. Yeah, not, not as much. There was, I think, Facebook Kanama community mm -hmm. probably existed like around. I'm not sure when they started, but that people were on Facebook with Kanama yeah. when I started. So like, I, I didn't, I wasn't there for the forum days. 
what the murky like foggy olden days when it was just like obscure forum websites and i feel feel like i missed out on that part of my life i every now and then go on the downspike forum page and it's like videos that get posted there get like one like i'm like this is such a cool like website that had so much potential and no one uses it anymore (laughs) like oh man i kind of wish we still had that vibe it it was very like old skateboard culture-esque and i loved it yeah oh it's I think, again like tricking started out the exact same way like yeah before facebook or youtube there was just like one guy made a website called tricks tutorials and that's where like pre-2008 or whatever that's where all of the tricking community was it was this one obscure forum yeah and i i know people who still go by the screen name that they made for tricks tutorials <laughs> and <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> so awesome. funny that's awesome. Okay, uh, let's ask one more question here from our original three, and then we'll dive into a little bit more of a different conversation here. But um, okay, so this one's an interesting one to ask you in particular because I think if I were to take a tally of all the responses to this question, your name comes up the most on this third question, which is who's the most inspiring player to you today? Hands down, and, and not to like boost an ego or anything, but like hands down, you were the most mentioned name uh, by quantity that I have heard on the show so far for this third question. Uh, who is the most inspiring player for you today? Who inspires the one who inspires other people? That's what we want to know. Who? Marcus Lander. Marcus Lander. Yeah. Dude. No question. Thank you. Marcus yeah. Lander is one of my favorite players, and he is a brilliant architect of Kinomatrics. Yes. Oh, man, that's the perfect way to put it. He's I, just such a genius. He is. His, his tricks just hit exactly the right part of my brain, like, it's it's everything that I like in Kendallatrix. They're like yeah. they're they're short. They're like they'll do tricks that are one second long that are like cooler than any like ten hit combo that I've ever seen. Yeah. And yeah, he's just he's just a genius. I love it. Do you, <laughs> everything do you he posts is gold. Do you have a favorite edit from Marcus Lander? Um it's hard to say. I'd have to really like go through and watch a lot of them, but that, pretty much, I like the last two have both just been ten out of ten for me. So the Lander Lingo and the Crom Unity, yeah, something yeah, about Unity. Yeah, uh, both of those. I just remember like not a single clip that didn't stand up to the same level like it's just yeah. so dense and perfect i i think marcus in, in a lot of ways is really similar to you where a lot of your tricks have never been really seen before or done and it seems like when you conceive of a trick or at least when you're putting something together for an edit you want people to see something they haven't seen before in kendama often at least yeah uh, at least that's how i see it from the outside and i think marcus does that the same like he's not trying to fit the mold of what kendama is today he's trying yeah. to create the mold of what kendama is going to be tomorrow and I think both of you guys are doing that in your own unique ways. And obviously both of you have shaped that a lot. And Marcus is brilliant. Lander Lingo was one of my favorite edits in the past. Like what, I think it came up last year, like past two years. Yeah. It was brilliant. It was really well done and a really good showcase of how Marcus conceives of tricks that are just different. Yeah. And it, he's not thinking the same way that, you know, the KWC world champions think in terms of all the new generation tricks. That doesn't even seem to like cross his mind of tricks. It's like, no, let's just push up, push that aside. And I just want to explore what this ball, Serato, and Spike can do together. I don't know. Yeah. And, and it just happens. It's crazy. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely see it in. We definitely have kind of similar goals in that way. Or are you a tiger carcass? Uh, we don't talk that often, but yeah, we're we're definitely homies. Yeah, anytime yeah. we see each other, it's it's like old friends, you know. Have you guys done an edit together? I guess no. you probably, was he in Yes We How or was we Yes We Hi? I don't think he got any clips in it. No, uh, we didn't really have a ton of like guest appearances. I think that was mostly yeah. just Green Theory team. Yeah. Cool. That's um, cool. Huh. Well, we'll yeah. have to, one day we'll see, we might, we might get to see a Ben Harold and, and Marcus edit. I think that's a good idea. Down. I think that'd be so cool. <laughs> yeah. Cool. We'll meet okay. like somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic. Rod can come pick you up on a sailboat and you guys can <laughs> do a, do a whole boat edit. Yeah. I'm with, that's what I'm looking forward to this year. When once Rod finally docks on land, I want to see I want to see a Rod on the ocean edit. Oh yeah, that's gonna be so good. That's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> once he is back on the grid in some way. Yeah. Well, they they got Starlink on their boat, I think. So they have internet <laughs> stuff. It's like, are they even sailing? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. They got this whole machine that pumps in clean water. No, they they are sailing. They're I've like seen a couple clips of, of what they're doing up there. It's crazy. It's so so well. But anyways, another rod. This is your episode. We had Rod on here before. So All right. we can. <laughs> and and what I want to know, you know, as we dive in here. Um, I really want to dive into some of your psyche and really who Ben Harold is in the economic community because you've lived through a lot. And I think a lot of people have all these, these views and perspectives on who Ben is. Ben's this infamous character that put out fringe case, put out all these things. And it's like, right, you, you've grown quite a name and quite a following within Kanama. And really, I, I want to know, like, what was that like for you? You've grown to this popularity in this game <laughs> that we both love called Kanama. It's a ball in a cup. And you've gained this symbol of status in it for being who you are. And what, what has that been like in that journey? And what does that mean to you? Oof. It's been fun, first and foremost. Um, I'm still, uh, I think I'm not the best at being semi-famous. Uh, it's at, at events, I still kind of have a hard time navigating the dynamic of all these people know my name and I have to try to remember all of their names or that sort of thing. <laughs> you know, I've never been the kind of person that knowing that will show up and walk around the sesh circle and introduce myself to everyone. You're not that guy. I'm not really that guy. No. Uh, I'll, I'm happy to talk to anybody, but I don't really like just shoving my face in people's face and going, hi, Ben Harold. Hi, Ben Harold. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I like meeting new people. Um, and it's always cool to just to hear that people dig my tricks and that they've gotten any amount of inspiration out of it. Hey, coffee gang, Adam here, just interrupting this episode to let you guys know about one of my favorite up and coming brands, who is also one of our platinum sponsors at brew battle this year. That's new lace Kendama owned by Jacob Calloway. It's veteran owned and an operated small brand. Guys, if you don't know anything about New Lace Kanama, they are an up and coming brand that is making some really big waves in the community. Definitely a grassroots style build and I love them so much. Uh, Cassie from the team came out and competed at Brew Battle and showed us what New Lace is all about. They have an incredible roster of talent. 
They do as well have a new shape coming up that you guys should definitely consider going and checking out. It's called the Sapper. It's built on their original Ranger shape with a more modern vibe. And their next drop of Woodline is the first installment in a series of specialty damas that are going to be releasing in mid-October. You guys can go check them out at Kendama Depot where they sell exclusively and make sure you're following them at New Lace Kendama. Seriously, guys, if you haven't heard anything about New Laced, you can also go back and listen to the episode I did recently with Jacob uh, because I think they're one of the coolest brands that are on the rise in the community, and I don't think you should sleep on them. If you're not going to buy from them, definitely make sure you're following them because they are engaged, they are active, and they got some incredible talent. Let's get back to the episode with Ben Harold. Why do you think you're so inspiring to people? <laughs> Um, have you thought about that? Yeah. Well, it's mainly just been, I think that I hold my tricks to a really high standard. Uh, just sort of something that, that there's a, there's like a, there's a set of people who only post never been done tricks. You go through your Instagram feed and nothing that's on that has been done by anyone else Mm -hmm. except maybe since. Um, And yeah, I could, I could name other names like, I don't know, you know, Bonds, Nick Gallagher. Mm -hmm. uh, There's very Wyatt Ray. There's tons Mm -hmm. of people who have that mindset. And um, yeah, I, I don't know, probably since maybe 2016 or something, that's kind of been, <clears throat> I've had no no desire really to like post anything unless it's really some new shit and mm-hmm. part of that is I just like being able to well since I only post tricks on my Instagram feed it's almost no photos or flyers or any other kind of thing I like being able to look at the grid and feel good about every single square you know, and like individually proud of all of these tricks. Um, and same with edit tricks and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's <coughs> one of my uh, biggest pet peeves is that Canola players don't have photos on their Instagram because <laughs> when, I, when I interview them for, for review and then I put up the post afterwards, I have to like find a photo and I like will go and scroll through their Instagram and like maybe they have one from three years ago, but they like don't <laughs> look the same. Come on, man. Give me one. Yeah. <laughs> well yeah that's that's part of my um my aura of mystery that i've cultivated as well you know i don't want people knowing <laughs> anything about my life other than my tricks <laughs> your tricks and your dogs yeah exactly that's all you get um yeah. do you like do you like keeping that mystery like or is it just because you like keeping your life private or <laughs> it's it's a little bit of both um i'm not like paranoid about the details of my life coming out but i I don't really like the general, I don't really like that side of social media. Um, I think if it weren't for Kendama, I would have long since abandoned Instagram and everything else. And there are days when I resent that I still have to have it on my phone tempting me. Yeah. Uh, but I love, love seeing people's tricks and it's, it's definitely worth it, you know? Um, yeah. But anyway, I try to mitigate that by not not interacting more than I need to. Uh, and 
Do you think that makes you more infamous uh, to, to the Konama community? Just the fact that like you're not that present or like you're not posting every detail about your life on there. You're not oversharing. You're just like, here's a show, check this out. And, and you don't give them a lot more background on who Ben is. You're just this infamous character who does incredibly amazing tricks that have never been done before. <laughs> And, and they're like, wow, that guy's really cool. I wish I knew more about him. And then everybody starts creating these rumors of who Ben is. Oh, I hear Ben's probably working on another edit. Or whatever. Like, there's always there's always these rumors of Ben's working on another edit. And he, he, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. But, uh, yeah. you know, like... Well, I, I don't even miss hear the rumors. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's mostly it's just the easiest way to do things, I think. Mm -hmm. um, do you find that you get more joy out of Kanama by not being on Instagram? That's hard to say. Um, I Kendama is very sort of intertwined with filming for me. Mm -hmm. So it's very rare that I will have a sesh by myself without at least my phone recording. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, when I do, it's because I'm standing in line or I'm getting gas or something like that. And, I'll, you know, I do in those situations where I'm like, okay, I need to kill a minute and a half. I'll <laughs> still try to land something. But, uh, yeah, if I go into my backyard and have a session, I'm, I always put my phone down and it's always going after stuff that I haven't done before. And that's really the, the most fun about Kendama for me right now is, it's what three years ago I would call a new gen training. Um, which is just like doing tap jug. I love tap jug. <laughs> it's my favorite thing to do in Kandama. It's just, just a, a quad tap jug spike. Oh, it's just, it, it never gets old. It's my fit. Yeah. That's my, that's my like mindless pick up a Kandama. What am yeah. I going to do? Trick. And I just, I just love that stuff. Um, and it's sort of the opposite end of the spectrum from what I'm, like from tricks that I would put in an edit or on my feed or something. Um, Cause it's all like that entire genre is just stuff that other people could do way more easily than I could do it. And so I'm, I'm very far until I start mixing in like more modern, like late goon pinchy stuff. Mm -hmm. It's all stuff that probably people have already done. And certainly someone could do it in one try where it takes me like 30 minutes. Uh, but it's still just have so much fun. Just, just doing like the personal level ups kind of stuff and not worrying as much about like, is this cool enough <laughs> to, to match all the other stuff that I've done without bringing the quality of yeah. my main body of work down. Yeah. Uh, and that stuff goes on my Instagram story usually, although, I've put out two IGTV videos recently that were just just a, a good sesh where it's like would have all been story tricks except I got enough of them that I just felt like put it in throw a song over it and put it on the feed um, and I'm, I'm sort of excited about finding that as a new medium because mm. uh, that is like I said that's about the most fun that I have playing Kendama is just just putting a phone or a camera down and then just standing in the same spot and not really worrying about the lighting or the shot and just, just going and seeing how many new things I can get. Yeah. That's cool.
That's super cool. I'm not sure if I answered the question. Yeah, I forgot. No, <laughs> Sometimes I forget where I started. Too. <laughs> um, okay, I, I am curious. Like, how have you seen your your approach to Kanama change over time? You know, were were you always that way from the beginning in the early days of Kanama, where you wanted to just only land things that had never been done? Did you hold that same reverence? Is it stressful for you now to like always be under the pressure of you can only put out something better? Or something that hasn't been done do you feel that well it wasn't always that way no um it started i would say in 2017 um when i made what was it uh deep lace exploration was yeah, the first yeah. edit where i consciously said i want every clip in here to be uh not just something that hasn't been done but ideally something that hasn't been thought of and you know the, the distinction being that like oh you you could think of doing a 10 tap like everybody knows yes that that exactly could, yeah like bring, adding one to a, a late flip or a tap record is still cool i fucking love that shit excuse me but no, you're good, uh, you're good. <laughs> um yeah but it's anyone everyone has thought of wow what about that number of taps plus two or whatever yeah. um that's the simplified example but yeah, I actually wanted it to be, wow, I haven't even really thought of that you could do that, um, which coincidentally made it way easier because the stuff that everyone is thinking about, it's really hard to uh, yeah. contribute meaningfully to that. <laughs> if, you're not, if you're not doing 40 or 50 taps, yeah. it's pretty hard to... Uh, it's game over. Does anybody yeah. even want to get into that race now? It's like you're, if you oh. haven't started with Takya and, and, T and Tiblex, like year a year ago like it's not even worth trying anymore it's like yeah. just like just cap out at 10 you're done mm -hmm. um yeah so that was, that was sort of that was the idea for that edit <clears throat> and then for the two subsequent ones um so the summer research portfolio and then french case of course and those are to me those are sort of a trilogy mm -hmm. uh, and you know I've, I've done other projects here and there in between those but um, yeah, those those three are definitely focused on that theme of sort of exploration of of the frontiers. There's, I have a sort of visual in my head of uh, I'm gonna grab a piece of paper. This is gonna yeah, get do weird. It, do it, do it. I love <laughs> this. I love this. Well, Ben goes and gets his paper. Let me say a quick shout out to everybody who came out to Brew Battle this year. We're drinking drinking from the Brew Battle log. I put a sticker on this side because we had so many of them at the venue. I wanted to know which one was mine. Oh, uh, I do want to talk about Brew Battle. I'm curious about. Yeah, yeah uh, we, I just want to hear how that event was and everything. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to share. It was awesome. We'll we'll chat about it. Uh, yeah, well, once we take our break in a little bit and do some viewer questions, we'll. Uh, We'll chat about it. Just don't let me forget. All right, all right. Okay, so this weird blob shape. <clears throat> this is a this is a graph of kendometrix. Uh, <laughs> that's a graph so, of kendometrix. Yeah, that's a graph. Yeah, yeah. Bear with me. Uh, <laughs> actually, it needs, it needs this point in the center. Okay. So uh, this it's a it's a imagine mm. a circle. Yeah. Uh, imagine a circle, and anytime you land a new kendometrix 
you like dent out the edge of that circle a little bit. Uh, and I don't know, maybe this, yeah. maybe they should all be points and not, they shouldn't have it's, been it's this like, floppy. But, uh, it's like those star diagrams, like where, oh, okay, okay. I, I like yes, where you're going with uh, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way to think yeah. about it. Uh, I about this. Yeah, so like every, you know, maybe taps are like all the way out to here now uh because uh, people have just been throwing themselves at the tap barrier and it's just been getting deformed further and further out mm -hmm. and you know there's oh there's probably like a you know taps drugs there's, there's, Those there's points are very all... very very narrow one here that's turntables that's Madi doing 100 turntables and no one else uh it's not very wide it's just it's exactly it's very very <laughs> It's like a, it's a graph, so it just goes <laughs> crazy spike right there. Um, yeah, so I'm try I'm interested in these parts, in the 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 innermost parts that have barely been touched or cultivated at all, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to take those and you know find my own way out and push yeah. push that frontier. Cause it's way too hard to, to push this frontier. I'm too old for that. Yeah. I can't do 60 taps or 101 turntables. <laughs> Dude, that, that's the perfect way of explaining that. I have never heard someone break it down like that, but that makes literal a hundred, hundred percent sense. That that's yeah. the way that you would perceive it. And it makes total sense. And that's also seems the way that you, you do your tricks. And then what ends up happening as a result of some of the tricks that you've done, like fringe case, look at what fringe case did for Kandama. And now all oh, of a sudden that point has started to push out. And I know it's huge now. <laughs> you initiated that. Like without you, most of that wouldn't have happened, you know, whether or not other people had done tricks in that vein. Okay, mm -hmm. maybe, but you you opened the floodgate for that. And yeah. I just watched at Brew Battle this year, Jacob Watts do like infinite swirls to pinch to uh, lates and stuff <laughs> to a spike in a run. I'm like, I don't think Ben would have even conceived that that would have happened in a freestyle run first tee to bird or to whatever it was. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like that kind of stuff. It's like, and I, I get it. Like you, you're pushing the needle, you're pushing those points out that that's so cool. And yeah. as those points get pushed out, they start intertwining with other ones. So now all of a sudden mm -hmm. it just taps are further ahead and this is further ahead. You can actually start linking those things together now to make yeah, sure you can build things. a little bridge across. Dude. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably the first time I've actually sort of drawn that, but that's always how it sort of looked in my brain. Um, and that's a cool way of looking at. Yeah. That. So in in one sense, I'm just trying to find like the easiest route to fame. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like uh, that, this is too hard. This is too hard. Ben, ben, ben just cops out of tricks. Yeah, not exactly. <laughs> he's not, he's <laughs> not even that good at Kanawha. He just does easy tricks. Yeah, well, I, I do feel that way sometimes. Do you actually? Uh, <laughs> no, why would you feel that way? Your tricks are insane. Uh, yeah, but they're insane more because people haven't thought of them. But do you not think that and, that's the hardest part is conceiving of something that's never been conceived before? Like that's creativity. I've, that's I've gathered that that is hard for other people. For me, that's never been the issue. I've, from the moment I first picked it up, I've always had way more ideas than I could possibly accomplish. Hmm. And, you know, I've filled notebooks with ideas, some of which have been in there for four years and I still can't do it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just sort of how my brain works. If I 
if I see someone doing a novel Kendama trick, I, I immediately am coming up with ways to make it harder. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, wow. What if you did this at the end or, mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it can be discouraging because by the time I think of a new concept, it's already grown and mutated into like the, the coolest way that this could happen, mm -hmm. which means I don't really care about doing any of the other ones. And it's less satisfying to like get the stepping stones. <laughs> like I'm, I'm seeing the future of the trick. Right. Not necessarily where it's at and, the first step to getting there. Yeah. And I still have to do the first step and everything, but yeah. I'm like, I know oh, this isn't even like, cool. I got it. But really what I'm hoping for is this, I like, final version of it and yeah that's just how it's been really as as long as i can remember do you so, think oh sorry go ahead oh well yeah so for me the the thinking of the stuff that's never been done before is uh literally takes no effort in fact i can't even really stop it it just happens that's interesting because for me it's like i have a really hard time with that i can well maybe to a degree uh maybe I, I fall more in the middle, but I know other people that like will never innovate a trick themselves, but they will be the best at all the tricks that already exist because they yeah. master them, mm -hmm. and, but they're not going to create anything genuinely new or innovate something that hasn't really been seen or done on a Konami before. And they would say that that, what you do is one of the most difficult things, but yet what you do is you open the floodgate for so many other people to explore something that hasn't been explored. And yes. I guess that, that, that in itself is like something really beautiful that isn't really attainable by so many people. And the fact that you have that as like just a natural thing that you're <laughs> able to do is mind blowing to me. It's like, Oh, that's crazy <laughs> that Ben can just like, Oh, he's got these notebooks of things that you like, if I were to read that, I'd be like, what am I even reading? I've never thought that this could even be conceived on a Kendama. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. Well, a lot of it is just, it's sort of meaningless. Like um, I'm using shorthands that are only links to my own brain. It's, you know, I'm not. If, if Ben passes away early and we find his notebooks, we're going to, we're going to have to put together a team to decode what's going on. In here. Yeah. Well, I sort of stopped caring about trick names yeah. Like sometime during the filming of Fringe Case, uh, there's just too, there's there too no many. Name what you did in Fringe Case. Yeah. And I don't really want to try. I think people kind of get bogged down in semantics of stuff, which it, it can help. And the younger me cared a lot about having like, having good naming systems that are flexible and make room for the new things that haven't been done yet. Uh, but now I feel like that's futile and I always tell people names are so 2019 We're way past names. <laughs> that, uh, that was me in your DMS the other day. Cause I, I was trying to land a trick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I was just trying to like get a better understanding of what, what it would be called. Uh, cause it's like a hard flip, but it's a double hard flip. And I think that's what I would call it. Cause yeah. you start inward lunar big cup. And you do a 720 flat spin, but it does a full barrel. So it's doing two independent hard flips in the air. Yeah. It comes around full. Or you could call it a 720 flat spin barrel, like whatever you want to call it. Like it right. doesn't matter. But yeah. Nonetheless, it's a, a dope yeah for me, it's as long as you understand what's happening, which is two flat spins, one twist. Yeah. Then I'm cool with people having whatever shorthands they want for that. But <laughs> ben just writes in the caption, this is a trick. <laughs> yeah. That's it.
what, what more do you want from me? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's cool. Okay, I, I'm curious. So since you have this whole depth of tricks that you haven't hit yet, that are these concepts that are new, that are innovative, does that not stress you out by like just the breadth of different ideas that are in your head that are living there, like unfinished or maybe not tapped into? Does that not just overwhelm you and stress you? Because that that would overwhelm me to a degree that I don't even know if I'd want to play Kindle. I'd, just sit, there, <laughs> I'd sit there like, so like, you know, shaking my hands like, what do I do with this thing? Mm. I no, not really. It doesn't really overwhelm me. Um, I I'm in a weird place right now where I haven't really been writing trick ideas down for the last two years. Like probably mm. since finishing Fringe Case, I've kind of just been coasting and just playing for fun. But uh, I'm it's in my it's in my head now again that I need to consolidate some lists and make, I need to write down the things that I do want to land right now. Mm. Um, because when I have that resource, I'm never, I'm never without something to try. And so if I go out filming with Adrian or something, I have, you know, I, I have a big, I also usually will bring it with me with my filming stuff. So I'll just have a big sheet of paper with a hundred or something, things to, to do just the ultimate to-do list. <clears throat> uh, so right now I'm kind of stressed because I know that I don't have that list. I have like a ton of different <laughs> intermittent lists from different time periods that I need to sort of go through and consolidate and hopefully maybe even cross off. So the nice thing is when you forget about a list for a year, there's like a good chance that you've just done some of the stuff on it in the meantime. Yeah. Interesting. Like you've, you've just hit things that you wrote down years back without really thinking about doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Super <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's on my current to-do list. That's a, that's a, a task that I'm just putting off because yeah. that part stresses me out is like knowing that around my room, there's various pieces of paper and they're all different I just, formats. I just imagine if you flip around your camera, there's just a wall with red string attaching to different things. It's like a, it's like a crime map. <laughs> just pictures of Marcus Lander up on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> you should yeah. have a shrine to Marcus Lander in your room. It's a good idea. It fits somewhere around here. Bring some good juju in there. <laughs> Uh, that's interesting. Okay. So I, I'm curious when you set up to do a session, if you had 30 minutes, are you going to set up your phone, sit there and do you grind one trick that you want to hit that day? Are you a single trick grinder or are you like, Oh, I'm just going to like session play around to like kind of find what's vibing with me. And then, Oh, this seems like this could be doable today. Maybe I'll do that. Or are you the type of person who's like, no, today I want to go and land five tap and I'm going to do it until I get it. <laughs> um, Definitely more the the latter. So I, I I definitely feel it out, and usually I know within about ten minutes uh, whether um it's gonna be like a good sesh day or not. Mm -hmm. And it it's I don't know. I seem to get me if I tried every day, I maybe get like two really good sessions a week, and then the other days my heart's not really in it. I don't know. I just kind of like, I drift between a bunch of stuff and none of it really feels, none of it's really grabbing me. But, uh, 
yeah, on a good day, I would just kind of try I, I, to answer your question. I always drift between a bunch of different tricks when I'm filming. Um, less so if it's a really serious thing. Like if, if Adrian or someone is filming me, then I, I feel more constrained because they're, they're getting the follow down while I'm right. getting the trick down. It's so like, you oh, can't just kidding. I want to do a different trick now. So yeah, exactly. Like, oh, you can't be doing on. that. Uh, or you only get a couple of those. <laughs> yeah. You only get three changes in your, in yeah. Your set. But nice. that's part of why just having my phone or camera down with like an open sky backdrop where I know everything is going to look okay. It's going to be in frame. I can do any trick and I can see the screen. So I know if I'm standing in the right spot, that's really fun and relaxing for me. Cause I can really just try, try whatever. And, uh, yeah, I, in, I, I always sort of know what is up next in terms of that type of trick. And I'm usually not going for like game breaking new ideas or stuff, but you know, it's like, okay, well, what about, uh, two, four taps with a goon pinch in between, you know, like I did the two some time ago. So maybe four and like just adding the pieces together in different ways, mm -hmm. uh, new gen training. I have to put that in quotes now because it's tap jug is almost old school now. Yeah. Maybe that's, that's not a hot even old school anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, no, uh, for real. I agree. Like, I think, I think, I, I, I think you're right. Like it may be not old, old school, like not old school, but like yeah. old school, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Cause I still think of it as new gen stuff <laughs> as in the stuff that these 15 year olds are doing. Yeah. <laughs> just tapping it back and forth mad times but yeah really new school stuff is crazy pinches and taught taught aerial rotation yeah the, the game definitely changed a lot in the past two years because about two years ago every event was all about tap jug tap jug tap jug can flip yeah. all that fast hands you know those were kind of the main things it's like how fast can you move your little hand that was really what the game was about. And now it seems like we've almost moved to more like a delicate phase where it's like, how much control can you put into every movement of the Ken? Can you see it flipping twice in the air and varying and then catch it back to the thing? Like those yeah. are now what seem to be the more modern style of play. It's like, what kind of tray flip or whatever it is? It's like, I don't know. There's just like, it's a different kind of play that I see now than I saw two years ago. But I think like Ken's and Taps still exist pretty dominantly in our, in our yeah. but maybe they'll get phased out like big cups. <laughs> Does anybody do big cup flow anymore? I don't know. Maybe, maybe two bears. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, I don't know. People all, there's always some people who are complaining that no one does X trick anymore or everybody does Y trick. And Oh, kids these days, they, they <laughs> learn, they learn 10 juggle spike before they learn a round bird. Uh, yeah. and that's true. They do. But I, to me, that's progress because like that, that kid at some point is going to be, is going to say to himself, I want to do a round bird, three turn juggle bird. And to do that, he's going to have to learn a round bird and he's going right. to do it. And it's not going to be a problem. Yeah. So uh, you, you don't rag on the new kids. Uh, you're not, you're not an old head that says, ah, you young ones, you don't know how to play Kanama. You can't even know. Uh, you like the innovation. Yeah. And I like, uh, yeah, I think people 
take for granted. Uh, people assume that the order they learn stuff in is the right order. Oh, totally. And, right. Uh, we have that bias. It's like, oh, yeah. I learned how to do this first. You should, you should learn this before you do that trick. But I was like, what yeah. if I want to do that trick first? Right. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's great that uh, the juggles are so ubiquitous and easy now that 10 juggle spike is something that people learn in a couple months. And yes. that's, I don't know. And, you know, it's any, any like OG trick that people are complaining the kids don't know how to do, they know how to do a way harder version of it. Like, yeah, yeah maybe they've never decided to film around USA, but pretty soon they're going to do a round triple whirlwind, which pretty much means they can do around USA. <laughs> oh yeah. You, you would hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And, and I think not a lot of people who have been around, I mean, okay, maybe, Maybe that's an overgeneralization, but I think there are some people who have been around for a long time that don't have that same perspective on new gen players. And they sit in their old armchairs rocking on the porch saying, oh, these kids these days, they don't even play Kanama. They're doing this yeah. other wizardry crap. And it's like, mm -hmm. I don't know, like they're, they're pushing the game forward in a way that, you know, we weren't able to do at that point. You know, they're exploring things that we had no concept to do. And sure, yeah. like you can sit Absolutely. there and be grumpy or you can sit there and say like, wow, it's really cool how this game has progressed into something that I never thought was possible. Yeah. If, if you told me that the tricks that are being done today are tricks that could be done on a Kanama when I started even seven years ago, I'd be like, yeah, that's a good one, Harold. <laughs> <laughs> you, can that one, yeah. you can leave that one in your notebook because that's not ever being done. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The game's changed and, a lot. And so the, the flip side of that is I like to think there's always someone focusing on everything or that's sorry. That's kind of a convoluted sentence. Any trick that you really care about, there is someone who's just doing that. Like if you mm -hmm. like big cup flow, there's, there's your Jay Queens's and your two bears's and, uh, even why Bray does some cup flow stuff. Yeah. You know, he's, he'll do his, his base cup flow. That guy definitely knows how to put up a big cup. Yeah, for sure. You can tell. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and the tricks that the tricks that get the most attention, which historically has been taps and juggles, are I think that's deserved. I think they're they're that uh applicable. You can do so much with taps and juggles, and they just they mix with any other trick like really, really nicely. And that's why uh X tap jug X flip jug X tap is like that's core to Kendall play now that pattern. And yeah, I think that's, I think that's a product of taps and jugs just being cool. I think, yeah. <laughs> I, I think if moon circle, maybe that's a bad example. Uh, <laughs> I think if, I don't know. I think if Moshikame was cooler, you'd see a lot more Moshikame these days. Yeah. But hot take, it's not as cool as tap jug. Uh, Don't tell Jeremy means that. I know people are gonna people are gonna hate on me for that. But uh, <laughs> if you think it is, then do it and yeah. then push it and make it that cool. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember how we got here, but. And anyway, I don't, I don't worry about uh, not enough people are doing this or too many people are doing this. I think it's a sort of natural selection process where yeah. the tricks that have the most potential and the most 
like broad broad appeal and also are just accessible to the most people like those get pushed the most and those are the furthest points out on my weird star graph Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, i also think like tap jugs and cans generally are really easy to conceive like they're easy for you to see and understand mm -hmm. what's happening and to know that oh i can do one tap jug spike and that guy can do two i know the difference between that and i know how to get there but if i watch an edit of yours, you're doing something that I've never seen before. I don't really know how to replicate what you're doing. And I don't know how to participate in that. And so I'd rather just like participate in the thing I know that I can understand and do and, and figure it out. But watching someone do something that I haven't really seen done much before is really hard to figure out for the longest time. Like I just was, I was kind of like annoyed with pinches and late goons. Cause it's like, I don't know how to like begin learning these. And it was frustrating. I, I have my late goons now pinches i still can't figure out for the life of me but but like it took me a while and now i'm beginning to explore it and getting more into it because there was a barrier to entry for it for me but taps and jugs and cans it's like you can genuinely just see it understand it and begin to practice it without having to like go through this mental like physics algorithm to figure out how these things work you know what yeah. i mean like it's just yeah. a different and more approachable and i think that those things things that are more broadly understood or visually understood are easier to blow up than things that are not as visually understood when it's harder to yeah. conceive how you would do that, which I think is why <laughs> started to kind of die out is a lot of the new gen players that are only participating from their bedrooms online through social media. It's really yeah. hard to learn how to do a butterfly by watching a video. Absolutely. It's easier to stand next to someone and see what they're doing with their finger going up and down and then figure it out that way. It's a totally mm-hmm. different game. Social media changed everything for, for how Kenama progression uh, takes place. Yeah. Uh, that, that's my hot take. That's yeah, I think you're right. Uh, on the along the lines of some tricks getting a lot more love than others over over the course of time. How my favorite example of that is you remember Nick Stodd edit, I think it's edit four. Uh, it's the one where he does one through five lunar flip. Okay. Um, it's probably the most famous and well remembered trick of that edit. Yeah. Um, this had to be 2013 or something. It was pretty wow. crazy early. Um, a lot of crazy tricks in there. As I said, one through five lunar flip is in there. But also in the same edit, he does a line that's like double spacewalk, hand roll, two juggles to lighthouse, two juggles back to lighthouse, two juggles to spike. And you watch that now. And you think, how was that on the same level as one through five lunar flip? Like that's yeah. so easy. But it, you know, if you were there, you remember, oh no, juggles were hard when people first yeah. started doing juggle. Like no one knew how to do it. You know? And yeah. and it's it seeing that really makes you realize, oh, like we've really pushed juggles like crazy. Whereas mm-hmm. Maybe someone's done one through six lunar flip now, but like that, <laughs> that, that hasn't really changed that much. I, yeah. One through five lunar flip is about as impressive now <laughs> as it was back then. Yeah. That's still uh, really hard. To whereas do. like, yeah, it's still really, really hard, but the, the juggles in there, like that was the very beginning of this whole, mm-hmm. you know, years long trend. Yeah. And I don't even think there's any, caps in that edit <laughs> there might be one or two Maybe, but yeah 
It, that was, it was pre, it was pre triple tap. I believe there weren't, there weren't three and fours yet. So maybe there's like a single tap or a double tap, but yeah, it's just, you can really see like this trick is just as impressive now. And then this trick right next to it is sort of <laughs> laughable. <laughs> maybe hit that in like a couple minutes <laughs> yeah and like obviously i'm not talking shit on stock no, no, not at it's all. a product of its time but it's just yeah. really you know it's just interesting to see how things have progressed over time yeah did, did you could back then when you saw that happening could you imagine where we are today did you see the future of kanama pretty clearly from your eyes did you know that this is where we would roughly end up uh that's hard to say uh I'm not sure I should even trust my own memory on that. You know, given that I didn't concretely write down a prediction. Um, but I, I expected it to never stop. So I guess at some point, yes, I would have assumed. So you never fell in the camp of like, oh, we've explored most of Kendama. No. I guess, no, you wouldn't have, because you, you have your notebooks of tricks that have been touched. <laughs> and it's like, for yeah. you, you know the limitless potential of Kendama where I think some of us are like, we'll sit there and be like, ah, there's really not much more we can do with this toy. Like we've kind mm -hmm. of done everything, but then Ben puts out fringe case part, you know, whatever, you know, the next <laughs> fringe case. And all of, a sudden, all of a sudden the whole game changes again for another next two years. It's like, yeah. oh, there's a whole new concept of play that, that existed. And that's what you did. You, you showed us that Kanama was not done being explored. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> that, that was the goal. Hey man, you, you, you pulled it off. Did you imagine that it would take off as much as it did? Like, did you know that fringe case would have that impact on Kanama? I didn't know. Uh, and certainly I would not have been able to predict which tricks would, would blow up and mm -hmm. become kind of part of the mainstream and which ones two years later, no one has tried. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause there are some of both and I, uh, yeah, I, I had no idea that it, it would be like the, the, the certain parts of that video that made it mainstream would be those ones and not the others. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it basically worked out exactly what I was hoping for, like pretty much best case. Um, I felt like it would have a much bigger impact if I saved up all the ideas and then just dropped them all at the same time, uh, because then they're all sort of equally fresh and new. Whereas if I, if I had just been on an insane Instagram tear that whole year and a half, and I was just every week I was posting some crazy trick on Instagram. By the time the last one came out, some of the other ones would have been picked up by other people. And, right. uh, yeah, give yourself a head start by delaying uploading. Yes, uh, that's also the strategic part of it. Um, I was, you know, I knew my whole job in Kendama is to figure out stuff to do so that the people who are way better than me at actually accomplishing Kendama tricks can take it and fucking run with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's humility, though. Like, if, if that's your perspective, that you think that your role is to do that so that other people can do that, that's really humble. Uh, you know yeah, I mean? like, it's, and it is it's genuinely how I feel. Um, <laughs> there's all... <clears throat> like, uh, well, 
Tim Lex, I think Tim Lex is the best Kandong player. Um, that's, that's, I don't know how that's a hot take, but yeah, to okay. me, he, he's why, my number why, one. Why do you think Tim Lex is the best? Ah, um, I think he, I think he, his skills, uh, his personal graph, star graph, is as close to the communal star graph as anyone's. Okay. Meaning he's at the forefront of taps, obviously, and all of the tap jug stuff. Yeah. Uh, but he can also do basically every cool goon pinch thing that I've ever done. He's. I, I've, I've never really watched him do those tricks, so I didn't even know that he could do them. Yeah, he's. Like, uh, well, he's I phenomenal. He could do them, but. Yeah, he's phenomenal, Adam. Um, and they look perfect. Like he's super clean. He can combine them with the other stuff. Like he did. A long time ago, he did eight tap, juggle, late goon, pinch, juggle, eight tap. And to me, that was like the ultimate fusion of yeah. these two sides of Kandama. That are so opposite. Yes, exactly. But I just think, yeah, so I just think he can do it all. Um, <laughs> not that he's done every trick that anyone else has done. Like certainly Nick Gallagher, Micah Segura, Alex Mitchell, there's people that have tricks that he can't do. Um, that, that have pushed points of the star graph further than he's gone on them. Yes. But, you're, but you're I, I think well. he's, he's very far out on every point of the graph. Yeah. And I, you know, I can't think of any area of Kendama that he, he isn't top level in. Uh -huh. um, yeah. Anyway, I, I think Tim do you see a world where we have a database of professional players and star graphs on them on like where they're at? And it's like these player profiles, like Tiblex taps and stuff. And it's like where they're on the needles. I think that'd be so cool. Like that would be cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, as long as I don't have to do it, I would love that. Ben's just like adding new points onto the graph every couple months. He's like, here's a new one to start pushing out. <laughs> Uh, let's yeah. go. Okay, hey, um, um, we're we got like forty five minutes left here. Um, let's let's take a couple minutes here. Uh, I have so many questions that have been coming in all morning for you. Um, mm. You are uh, a very desired guest, apparently, this morning uh, because I only got that story up a little bit ago, and there's a lot of questions already. So sure. let's try and grind through a few of these, and then um, afterwards, let's let's chat about events. You wanted to talk through battle a little bit. Sure. Um, and, and I have one, one big, bigger question that I want to ask you at the end, uh, as we get closer, but I got to remember to don't, don't let me forget that one. Cause it's a good okay. one. All right. Thank you. Okay. Right. Uh, a couple questions here. One from Osama bin Lacing. Who's who, who is, who's. <laughs> guys, <laughs> <spell check. laughs> This sounds like a train wreck already. No, it's Next, question. Next question. Next <laughs> question. <laughs> oh, no. What do you think? Who are your top yo-yoers, trickers, and jugglers? Oh God. Um. All right. I'm going to take this one by one. Um. What's this yo-yo guy's name? This is. I feel it's too soon. Uh, yo-yo is it yo-yos only? Yeah. All right. Yo-yos only Daniel Kim. Um, I don't know anything about this dude, except that he posted this one yo-yo trick at some point. Boom. I found it. <laughs> what did he just do? 
Oh, that's so What the heck? Yeah. So that, uh, you know what 5A is? That's where you're not like, it's not around your finger. It's got the like, it's got the counterweight. Yeah. 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 Um, so 5A is cool for me or for condom players because a lot, there's a lot more crossover because there's a piece, there's a weighted piece on either side with Mm -hmm. connected by a string. Um, the difference is that the counterweight, I believe, don't quote me on this is usually about 20% of the weight of the yo-yo. Whereas obviously in Kendama, we like it about the same. Uh, so what he just did on a five, a setup was like a horizontal double cloud bounce, uh, but double as in throws it and it goes twang twang and then catches it. So it maxes out and bounces back and maxes out that way. And then comes back and and then comes back anyway. So based on literally just that one trick, that's the coolest <laughs> yo-yo shit that I've ever seen. Okay. Um, uh, what about Tricker? Tricker, um, Ethan Turner. Okay. He uh, he lives in Colorado. He's uh, I I would say he's probably this. I, I would I would call him the second best Tricker. I think Shosei, this Japanese fifteen-year-old Japanese kid, is hands down the best but i think ethan turner's tricks just look so good everything he does is incredibly fluid his use of transitions is just oh it's poetic he just uses he's very versatile it's never all of his combos involve every different kind of transition between the two tricks um i won't get too deep into it but ethan turner Ethan Turner, uh, and then yeah. Dan oh um I got. I, I, mean, I got to get his name right. I think it's Taco Juggler <laughs> on Instagram. Does he juggle tacos? No, not to my knowledge. Maybe he has in the past. Yeah. Okay. Taco underscore Juggler. Uh, just, just go. Just go check him out. Go go check out Taco He's, Juggler. Uh, his hands are just insanely fast, uh, and it's just mesmerizing to me. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah, there we you got go. a bunch. So I'll try. We'll we'll try and r- run through a few of these. Uh, yeah. Um, Brett Walters, Boston W, huge supporter of the review, wants to know what's your favorite restaurant in San Jose. What's the best place to eat if someone wants oh. to come in? Wow. Also, Loki, um, I'm coming out to Vegas in November, so I'm going to be in Vegas November fourth to ninth. Uh, and so I know you're from Nevada. So if you know some cool spots yeah. that I should go and uh, hit up, also Ooh. drop me, drop me what favorite restaurant in San Jose and, and, and Vegas. Okay. Um, in San Jose, um, I'm going to go with Bill's cafe. It's just a really, really nice breakfast spot. Um, good old bills. Yeah. Good old bills. You know, they got, they got all the all the good pancakes, yeah, eggs and and all the eggs. Yeah, all, basically all the breakfast stuff. Is it good uh, classic American diner or what? Yeah, I think that's probably a good way to put it. I've never really been in a good classic American diner like you see in the movies. <laughs> I've kind of wanted that experience in my life. I haven't had that yet, so yeah, I kind of want that. Uh, it's definitely breakfast centered. I don't know mm-hmm. if they probably close at three or four or something, but um, yeah, pretty pretty hard to beat. Uh, in Vegas, I can't really help you. Um, I, I grew up in Reno, which is about eight hours North. Oh, really? Yeah. So I have only been there maybe once as a very young kid. And then once for the 
all girls Kendama open in 2019. Adrian and I went down. Let me down here. Come on. In fact, that's, that's where I met Brett. That's oh, uh, same trip. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, viewers, if any of you guys have been to Vegas, shoot me a message with your favorite eats in Vegas, and yeah. I'll do my best to <laughs> stop there. Okay, question here from New Lace Kendama. Uh, what is your inspiration behind your signature Tama design? What inspired oh. this design? Um, the short answer is all of the other cool tracking designs were already taken. Uh, Green Theory had already done single stripe stod mod and the triple stripe. Uh, I think several other companies jumped on two stripe because we hadn't done it. So there's already a bunch of two stripe burn line Kandamas. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I didn't really feel like just going up the list until we found a number that no one had done. That's like kind of meh. Uh, and so I wanted dots and then the kind of post hoc explanation is that it offers you tracking on this axis as well so you <clears throat> up to a certain point you can see how fast it's spinning whereas if you just have a stripe it kind of looks the same whether it's holding still or spinning yeah um but yeah mostly i just saw an opening i thought no one had done dots yet and um so then when jake weens made his with moons did that did that offend you that he stole your dots and made them yeah and half dots? actually yeah. uh I, I'm trying to get him to pay me royalties but on each of those, but <laughs> um, my no, yeah, it's, no, uh, I don't really mind. They're small enough. It doesn't, it doesn't look too, too similar. Yeah, no, yeah, I think it's cool. I think they're really cool. Okay. Uh, question here from, uh, MJ, uh, Mr. MJ Incro, the nerd himself. He wants to know exactly how many dogs do you have and how many more do you want? Um, also, are all those dogs that you show on your stories yours? Uh, no, I have no dogs. You don't have any? Yeah. Uh, one of my housemates has a dog. So we have a, we have a house dog. His name's Bones. Actually, okay. Spike Bones. Bones is his surname. Um, so, yes, Spike Bones lives here, but he's very much Jack's dog. Okay. Um, he doesn't... He'll hang out with us, but he really doesn't care. If Jack leaves, he... It's, a, it's like a... It ruins his day every time Jack leaves. He just howls. That's uh, so sad. It is, yeah. But anyway, so that's kind of what I mean by he's Jack's dog. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we all we all like him, but none of us can like comfort him if Jack leaves. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, personally, I don't have a dog. Um, I work. I have, my job is I pick up a bunch of dogs between here and San Francisco, and we run around on the beach and hike on the trails and Dude, then is I, that your oh. full-time job just like that's crazy that's so cool yeah Do you that's love great it? i love it yeah it's the best job that i've ever had and i worked at a kendama store at one point so it's that's a big statement that i can you, say it's the best job i've ever had was it uh, ken count no uh no kendama no. syndicate kendama syndicate Where yeah was that? in san jose yeah uh when i first moved out here it was uh, yeah, it was a store that had popped up because there was a big local boom where every, right. every middle schooler bought a Kendama because all of their friends had a Kendama. Mm -hmm. And so we had nine months or something where if you threw a Kendama event, 
and you brought big weens out, there would be 400 kids or something. Um, yeah, they did an event in a mall at some point and they had to get security because there's the, such an insane crowd of middle schoolers. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I, I actually live out here because my friends who already lived out here with whom I, some of whom I live with now, uh, let me know that, Hey, there's a guy near us who's starting a Kendama store. If you want to come here and work. And I emailed him and sent him one of my edits. And then I moved out a week later and got to spend my first year, my first year out of my parents' home. I got to just spend getting paid to play Kendama and kind of, it was a little bit of a daycare (laughs) because parents would just drop their seventh graders off after school. And uh, I had to try to keep some semblance of order. But on the other hand, did you like that season of Kanama when it was a lot of young kids or do you like it more now? Cause I feel like Kanama has matured to like, it's mostly a twenties up crowd now. Mm. Uh, yeah, I definitely like hanging out with older people more. <laughs> do, you uh, miss, do you miss the younger kid generation of Kanama at all? Not really. Um, you know, like every, I, I, I kind of, assume that this still happens that it, we still have local booms among different crowds of kids like mm-hmm. when i started i think it was sacramento had the biggest scene and then hawaii had one you mm-hmm. remember like videos of tiny bryson lee yeah. winning an xbox <laughs> out of the crowd of 400 hawaiian kids yeah. and then you know san diego has been through that and then 2014, 2015, San Jose went through the same thing. And so I I think it just kind of naturally happens and then it dies down and you have a few embers that are still burning. And those are your Jacob Lowe's and your Miguel. I don't know if you know about Miguel. Yeah. 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 Miguel's dope. He was in one of your edits. I I was just watching it. Uh, The, he filmed, he films a trick. I don't even remember what he was doing, but I was like, Oh, that's Miguel in this edit on Ben. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, so they were both kids who started out at Kendama syndicate and, you know, they were, they were pretty ahead of the most of the curve even back then, but really it's just that they didn't stop. And actually Miguel has stopped several times, but he comes back about once a year and he's never lost it. He's still, he's still just as good as he was the last just time. In his kitchen. Yeah. But, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, Jacob Lowe was just, he was just a kid who was more committed than most of the other kids. And so his parents would drop him off after each school day. And from whatever, four to 8 PM, we would just be playing Ken just basically oh. like sparring every day for a year. Multi, like every weekday for a year, basically, we would just play Ken for several hours. And we both got so much better during that time. Mm-hmm. It was insane. Yeah. Is Jacob <laughs> the one that you would say you're closest with in Kanama and on the Grand Theory team in particular? Um, he has been historically, but um, he actually just moved down to Santa Cruz uh, because he's going, he's back to in-person classes. So He's now living down there instead of in San Jose. And Adrian, who was living in Santa Cruz, has now moved up to San Jose. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, they sort of switched places. So now Adrian is much more, I have a lot more time filming with him now. Yeah. And there's a little bit more planning involved to get together with Jacob. Sure. <clears throat> but yeah, long-term Jacob, Jacob has definitely been like my training partner, I guess, like a good yeah. way to put it. And, and you lived with him for a while, didn't you? Like not with Jacob, no. Okay. You, uh, you took Adrian did when he first moved <laughs> right, out here. Right, right. Okay, I thought you did as well. Um, now I, I've heard this. Maybe you can clarify, like what exactly you did. But th- there's like people. People would say, "Oh, Ben Harold like took a year to just focus on Kendama or whatever it was." Uh, when people say that, like, what does that mean? Did you take a year off of work completely to mm. do Kendama? Like, what, what was that for you? Oh. Um... Yeah, it was, maybe that's not exactly how I would put it, but, um, yeah, when I quit the coffee shop job, it was, uh, it was only a month or so after NAKO. Um, so I I went to NAKO, premiered Fringe Case, uh, came back and, uh, all of a sudden I just hated my job. I'm not sure what was up with that. Uh, I liked it from most before I, I wouldn't say I loved it, but I was, it was very, very bearable for, you know, I, yeah, I, I liked it enough. Um, I liked, there's a certain sort of flow state in barista-ing, um, especially like the higher pressure, like when the, when your screen is full and you just got orders and orders and orders. Um, I really, I really liked that, that feeling. And, uh, I especially liked being on my own. I liked having the whole bar to myself and just, I'm just moving and my hand, there's never an idle hand at any point. I'm like pumping and do, and, uh, what, what was, what was the, your most favorite drink to make for a customer? If uh, if a customer ordered a drink from you, like what were your, you were like, yes, thank you. Um, I think just a, just a good, honest latte, um, you know, towards the end, especially I got, I I felt better about my foaming skills and all that. No, I never really got good at the art. I I started to, toward the very end. Um, It's hard, but yeah, I tried to learn. I can do, I can do a Rosetta and that's it. Mm. Yeah, no, that was never a, a strong suit of mine. Um, I always wanted it to be, but I was just, I, I don't know. It's hard. It's a lot harder if you, yeah. if you're rushing, you know, like oh, yeah. most of the time, Obviously. like when I would be at the bar is usually during kind of peak hours. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I like the, the workflow of it. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, it was always, it always felt a little bit like a performance because, uh, customers would just be like, wow, you're, going hard like because i'm just really like not there's not a moment to spare and i'm like okay pumps in here okay okay like shots going okay just see me yeah. um and then sort of that while bantering with customers and the spot that i worked is in the middle of a neighborhood where there's a lot of like retired people so there's a lot of old folks who would come in every day and get the same drink and they would hang out and talk to other old folks for like five hours, um, which is really nice compared to like 
if you have a spot right off the highway, I think you don't recognize nearly as many of the customers and it's just a bunch of strangers yeah. every day. But, um, I would say at least half of our customers were people that we knew because they come in every day and I would know everyone's orders. And if, if there was like, oh, I love that. Yeah. And that part is really nice. You kind of build a relationship and yeah. you know, I would know like, Oh, Bill, like, Oh, they forgot to type raw sugar on Bill's order. And like, it's okay. Cause I know that he gets a raw sugar in his, yeah. and being yeah, able to sort of save the day just because I have like a weird encyclopedic knowledge of all these drink orders. <laughs> that, that like, that warms my heart to my inner depths. Uh, I, yeah. that's like my dream when I become old and decrepit and just an old man sitting with my few friends at the same breakfast spot that I go to that I don't even have to order. They just come and bring me my plate of food yeah. because they know exactly what I'm going to get every time. And, and, you know, like Jane walks by, Hey Adam, the usual. And I say, absolutely Jane. Come <laughs> and it's like, and, and I don't even have to tell her anything else. It's just like, she comes over with it. Oh, yeah. that's my dream. That's my dream that I get to go to the same place and experience that every time. Yeah. That's All right. So, uh, sorry, that was a big digression. We're taking a long time on this question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, but, um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, and then I, I, after I finished fringe case and everything, which was all, I was working that whole time. So I was, it was rough. I was like staying up until 6am, like filming all night until the sun came up and then sleeping for six hours and then going to work at 2pm until mm -hmm. nine. And then I would get done and then I would film. And, uh, then I finished and all of a sudden my job felt really meaningless. And hmm. I don't know. I don't really know what it was. I just felt like a caged animal. I just had to get out. And, uh, so I didn't have a plan, but I just quit and I thought, all right, well, um, this, this will let me just travel a little bit. And that was awkward. No, uh, fringe case was October or NAKO was October, 2019. So like a month after that, I quit my job and I was planning on just, just traveling a lot. But then, uh, of course by March, there was not a lot of traveling going down. And so I think, I think I went on two Kendama trips, which was like battle of the border and going to Atlanta to design pro models. And, uh, yeah. then that was it. But yeah, I, I assume that's what people are talking about because yeah. I think when I did the Domino Nerds thing, it was sometime around there. And yeah, I, it was around that time. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember like just hearing from people, it's like, oh, Ben Harold takes Konama so seriously. He, he quit his job to take a year to just explore Konama and just put <laughs> everything into it. And they like, made it sound like you're some like legendary creature who just like sacrificed a year's worth of paychecks and like to do absolutely <laughs> nothing but Kendama. Like this guy yeah. just went ham on it. And no, it's just like, it's just, I wanted to hear your perspective on it. Yeah. Like, it, was a, it was a little bit of that, but it was also just, yeah. I just had to get out and yeah. find something else. Makes sense. I feel like because you keep a lot of your life more private, or at least you're not posting every day or getting on your stories being like, Hey guys, this week on the review, like me, <laughs> <laughs> you, you have that era of mystery where people just start to theorize like, Oh, what could Ben be working on? Ben's doing this. Ben's doing that. It's like, I don't know. It's kind of fun that you have that mystery about you. And I think yeah. it's cool. Um, let me ask one more question here and then let's, uh, let's dive into events and then uh, we'll dive into one last question. Cause you have a jam to get to uh, pretty quick here. Uh, and so let's make sure that we wrap up in time for that. Um, Kenama underscore Jinchiriki 34 wants to know, do you find lower level tricks fun anymore since you lace bangers? Uh, 
you know, that, that concept of like, once you've been playing for a while, it's like, do you still find joy in the simple tricks? Mm, not as much as, not as much as I know some people do. Um, like I like, it's, it's satisfying to be able to first tee stuff. Yeah. You know, um, like to know that like a one and a half swap spike from airplane, right. something, you know, like that's a trick where I hope for the rest of my life, I'll pretty much be able to get that every time. Uh, yeah. but, uh, no, I, I'm not, I don't really doing around USA doesn't, doesn't really give me any dopamine really anymore. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's still, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's, it's yes and no. I like, uh, I like seeing how many easy tricks I can do before the microwave beeps or, you know, before, yeah. before, before my gas is done anything. filling up or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you know, like, all right, uh, can I do around bird? Okay, good. All right. Around lighthouse. All right. Um, but yeah, not as, not as much. Um, and I do sometimes I'm occasionally wistful for the days when the dopamine rush came more easily, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, that. chasing that first high, you know? Yeah. No, for real. It like, it gets harder and harder to experience those moments. Like as you keep mm -hmm. going on, and I've, I've experienced that. It's like, sure. Okay. I landed even a new trick, but like, I feel like maybe you get that more than other people because you're always working on new concepts that haven't really been done before. Maybe you experience that more, but for me, I don't get so much of a dopamine rush if I know someone else has done a trick before and yeah. it's like, okay, I might not have done a six tap yet, but if I hit one, will I feel that hyped about it? Because, well, uh, Tiblex and Taki have done 50. It's like, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I do still, just harder. I, I still definitely get hyped for any personal level up yeah. like that. Um, yeah. like maybe I compare myself too much. Maybe that's why I gotta uh, <laughs> stop doing that. Yeah. Well, maybe the way I would put it is I don't store my pride in those tricks. Mm. Um, you know, my, my, I keep all my pride in the weirder, more <laughs> fancy tricks. And so it just, upping my tap record or whatever. Yeah. And that's like the example that we keep going back to, but yeah. stuff like that, uh, where it's just a personal level up and I'm not, I'm not asking anyone else to be hype on me yeah. doing six tap or whatever. <laughs> uh, but it's, it just feels like it's like a side quest. Uh, and so because of that, I don't really compare myself as much to other people and I guess I'm thinking more about like, how can I combine this with some like cooler stuff, like more proprietary tricks. Got to put some patents on that. Yeah. Patents on Ben's tricks. You can't do these for at least one year. <laughs> no, you can do them, but I should be getting royalties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But pay up, no. pay up everybody. <laughs> you, own you, own ben, you owe Ben a dollar. Oh, that's the dream. Man. That'd be awesome. If you could pass. <laughs> just, <laughs> just skate by for like the next five years on eight minutes of material <laughs> yeah that'd be awesome that'd be so cool um let, let's talk events and then i do have one question to wrap up with uh, at the end um but sure. uh, 
Talk me through what you see as kind of the present day and future of events and how you see yourself involved in them. Um, I know that you have, you know, at least in recent, been on the judges panel of a lot of major events and at like NACO. And I think, were you judging at Catch and Flow two years ago or a couple of years ago? No, I haven't judged at Catch and Flow. Uh, Catch uh, and Flow, yeah. But no, I, I've only been one time. It was 2017, 2016, actually, one in 2016. Okay, but uh, high level. Uh, yeah, high level. What do you, what do you, where do you see events? Where do you see your involvement in them? And what do you like about them? Then we can talk brew battle if you want. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously the stock answer that everyone's going to give is it's great to see everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, any group that you only get to see in person a few times a year, you know, I don't have to explain to anyone who's been to a Kandama event, how great that is. Um, I, I don't care as much about competing these days. Um, I mean, I was never really into world cup. Uh, like world cup is about being the best at the set of tricks that everyone else is also trying to be the best at. Mm -hmm. And every summer when I, the tricks come out, I'll, I'll try to do them. I'll peruse and I'll see if there's anything that looks fun to do. But I'm not trying to spend my summer practicing the tricks that I know everyone else is also practicing. I'm trying to do, I'm trying to practice tricks that I don't think anyone else is practicing. Um, I used to do open division a lot more, but even that, I, I don't know. It's just, it's been so long. Uh, I got into judging freestyle only a few months before there were no more events. And I'm not totally sure if I'm hyped to do that again or if i just want to chill the next event that i go to judging freestyle is really exhausting yeah uh just watching anything for that long and having to stay critical the whole time and yeah exactly and trying to stay calibrated yeah. and not get well yeah trying to stay yeah. calibrated not be influenced in how you rate stuff based on who's already gone and yeah it's, it's really hard, hard really hard um yeah i i haven't really done any of the online events but i think it's really great that we've collectively discovered that that's like a format that anyone now can throw an online event mm -hmm. and at least during like the peak of the pandemic there was a time when every weekend there was an online event yeah. and because it's online anyone can go and so yeah. If you're trying to, you could compete every weekend. Yeah. And I think that's really awesome. Now. Yeah. And like it, kids that who, kids whose parents would not let them fly to Minnesota can still win Kandama competitions from their kitchens. Yeah. And I think that's really awesome. And I hope that doesn't go away. I hope even, yeah, I agree, you know, obviously I want in person events to come back, but I think it's really good for, especially for like those younger kids who don't have the autonomy to fly around on their own. Yeah. Um, or, you know, their parents would have to come with them, but then their parents have to get time off work. And it just seems like a huge plus for the scene to be able to like give kids competition experience. Mm -hmm. It's hard to, I don't know how much that transfers over or yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like people that have only competed online, like the moment they get to in-person comps, it's a whole different set of nerves that come. Like you can't yeah. really experience it the same way. I don't know. I've, I've done both now and it's like, 
in person just feels so different, but I yeah. love in person events sure. so much. Yeah. You you wanted to talk brew battle a little bit. Uh, yeah, I was just what, what did you uh, want? Um so that was in Calgary, is that right? Mm-hmm. Land From of, it's all you? Are you you're the, the brains behind it? I, I am the one who coordinates most of it. Um, I have some people that are really highly involved as well. Like uh, Kareem uh, was, was a huge help. He's kind of okay. the hand man on, on yeah. operating a lot of the things. And then I work with a marketing agency here in the city. They put on the venue and they did a lot of the work of getting the venue and some of the media stuff set up for it. Oh, uh, awesome. yeah. All in all, like a pretty small operation. And we, this is year two that we ran it. Nice. Uh, well, yeah. It looked really fun. Uh, how many, how many people came in from like, I guess out of, out of province or. Yeah. Like a, a crazy amount. It was actually wild. I saw, I saw Kevin DeSoto was yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. So we had five Americans fly up uh, to come. So we had Isaac Turner from Lotus Kanama. We had Jacob Watts from analog. We had, and then we had um, the three soul boys, uh, Shelton and Chad Covington and Kevin DeSoto. Oh, okay. Cool. And Chris, Chris June was going to come as well, but there was some last minute complications. So he didn't oh, make yeah. it up and same with Adriana. And then we had uh, a pretty diverse Canadian representation from across five provinces from BC to Ontario. Oh, and wow. I, I honestly think like Albertans ended up being the minority and Alberta is the province that Cal Calgary's in. Right. I think we probably had, maybe we were the majority, but, but we had, I think, in attendance at the event, not competing. I think competing, we had about 60 to 70-ish competitors in total, but we had around 100-ish people come to the event. I think it was somewhere between 90 and 100 total guests that showed up for, yeah. for the weekend. So it was crazy. And it, oh. that's about double the size that we had last year. And I was just like geeked on it. I was so yeah. yeah. Did you Did you have any Americans come last year? No, no, last year we couldn't. Borders were closed during. Oh, the, oh right. During COVID, so. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. And, and we had a cap on on the event, and we sold out in like two days. Like it was like two or three days, and then I had to shut down registration because we had hit the fifty person limit. Yeah. But we we could have forty additional guests because we had the the core team of people helping run the event and the people at the studio. So we had okay. forty people come in for the event, and yeah, it was awesome last year. But I was like, oh, if we get to do this again next year without restrictions and limits. That would be really awesome. We still had restrictions and some limits, but uh, we we pulled it off and I was really dead set on making an event happen in the middle of, of this because I just was getting really tired of just having online community. I went to Van Jam and I was like, oh man, this was so refreshing. I need to put on Brew Battle this year because <laughs> I need to have another in-person event because I just like, I don't know, it diffuses a lot. Uh, I think Kanama in the past year or two years the past year, at least online, there's been a lot of tensions that have risen uh, between mm -hmm. people. You know, I don't want to like get into it, but there's definitely been a lot of like drama in the Kanama community. And, sure. you know, I put on Brew Battle and there's different people from different backgrounds on different sides of debates and, and debacles going on in Kanama that show up. Absolutely no beef at the event in person. Like, <laughs> it's shocking. <laughs> I, 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 Brew, Brew Battle's a no beef zone. That's what I was saying all weekend. I was like, no, yeah. it's a no beef zone because... The moment that you just see people in community and we're all playing ball and cup together, it's like a lot of these tensions begin to, to not, you know, they're not disappearing or anything like that. Sure. People are going to still have beef, but it's like, let's just take a moment and just remember we're all humans, like yeah. we're all humans playing this game that we all love together in this venue and throwing down on a trick list that I created by my, you know, in my head and, or like doing freestyle and putting on a performance on this Japanese toy. Like, yeah let's just take a moment and humble ourselves to realize what we're doing and just gather around this and maybe drink a cup of coffee while you're you know yeah like 
that, that was kind of the heartbeat and the mentality is I just wanted to throw, throw an event that people could gather that happened to be a competition. Yeah. Regardless of where you come from. So that's awesome, man. It looked yeah. like it was really cool. Yeah, it was really good. And uh, Kevin DeSoto took home freestyle. Uh, so he was so good on that. Like, oh, that was okay. It, I, you didn't ask it, but I'm going to say it. My highlight of the event. This is my, this is my number one highlight of the event. I, I never really was like super involved in Kanama until the past two years. And really because of the podcast and, and mm -hmm. metal to me last year was like, oh, it's still kind of a low key event. It's a Canadian event. Like pros would never come out to this. It's like, oh, <laughs> I have to like beg pros to come out or whatever, you know, uh, and, and I was like, oh, if pros come out, I want to make sure that like, it's a cool event for them, but like, they're never going to take it that seriously. And cause it's like, it's a small event in Canada. It's like, it's not NACO. Like why, why would they care? Then Kevin mm -hmm. went freestyle and he got so emotional about it and he was so pumped. And I was like, that was the moment that I was like, you took this so seriously and, <laughs> and you were stoked to win. I was stoked that you found this to be an event that you were pumped to win. And yeah. That that meant more to me than I think anything else on the weekend. That people were excited to to compete, and it didn't feel like a joke to them, or it didn't feel like a small event. In that it was a big yeah. event. That's in, awesome. in their mind. So, because I mean, like the only events I've ever been to are, are MKO and NACO, and like for me, I compare Brew Battle to that. I'm like, oh, it's not a big event because I don't have 500 people in this building. Right. Like, but but then I realized, like, oh, actually, this is a really cool opportunity that 90% of the people that were there had never been to a real real event yeah so, that's yeah, really that was, cool that was it max angel from terra took home the open division he oh, crushed nice. it he only yeah. missed one trick in his finals match i think he like missed one and everything else was a clean lace he was so honed it was yeah. awesome it was just such a good weekend yeah everything went super smooth except the the food truck did not show up they they bailed <laughs> on us the day of they, and they didn't even tell me. I'm like running outside the building, like, where is this food truck? And they were supposed to be here two hours ago and they didn't show up. I lost it. I was so upset. Oh, I've never been God. that upset. Like, I don't, I don't usually get that, that upset about inconveniences, but I had told everybody there was going to be a food truck. I was like, yeah, because we were in a spot of the city that there isn't like a ton of food access nearby. So I was like, okay, we're getting a food truck to come in. They didn't come in. I was so mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, next year we'll have you come out. Yeah, I'm I'm down. It looked really cool. Yeah, it's a, it's uh, I think small events like that have their own they have their own charms. Like obviously NAKO is cool because there's just such a like there's such a huge bucket of people. Like there's people from everywhere to the point that you don't even get to hang out with all the people that you wanted to hang out with that are there. Yeah. And the smaller yeah. events, it, it feels a lot more, I guess, intimate. It seems yeah. that's kind of obvious to say, but yeah. Um, well, I, I think have more time to hang out and more time to like chill and talk and catch up. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, all right, comp starts at 8 AM on Friday <laughs> and it goes 14 hours, three days in a row. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was some of the best parts of the event is that we had an, a, a pretty large number of like infamous people in Kanama, like the pros of the old days or whatever. Like Alex Smith was there, Jared Porter, Misha Logan, you know, like a bunch yeah. of these names that like are like pretty big names in Kanama to a degree. And and like all these players that come across Canada to come in, like actually have the opportunity to like chat with them, play a game of Ken with them, do whatever, because it's a lower key, smaller-ish event. Yeah it was just like, it was a cool opportunity and I got to see that. And it's like, oh man, it's just fun. I think, 
I don't know. Like, do you, you've hosted some events before, right? Not anything as big as that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've helped out with like soccer or classic yeah. the last several years. Um, and then, you know, like little tour stops in Europe and stuff. Yeah. But uh, what, yeah. What, what I was going to say is like, when you run an event, I don't know, like there, there's two sides to it. It's like, if you're hosting an event, it's both the best and the worst thing, because I had like very little time to actually chat with people myself and to yeah. find those connections and like sit down and, and, you know, enjoy a cup of coffee while chatting with Alex Smith about what's going on at Terra or whatever it is. Like I had no time for that. I didn't get to hardly chat with any of the people that came in. I was just facilitating everything. I'm going to try and change that next year and get some more volunteers, but, but, you know, being the one that gets to facilitate other people having those experiences is also its own journey itself. It's like, I got to put on yeah. something that other people were able to connect in, even if I didn't get to connect on myself and just seeing all the content and the videos and the story posts that people put up afterwards is like, that stuff makes me a little soft in my heart afterwards. Like, oh, thanks guys. Yeah. No, you get, you get to take a little bit of credit for every good thing that happened that entire weekend. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. It was good. Um, okay. Uh, we are about to run out of time here. So I want to ask one more question here. Uh, sure. And, and then uh, I'd like to pass off the kind of conclude concluding statements over to my guests and you know, some wisdom that they might want to share to the community, but let me, well, we'll get there in a second. So here, here's the question I want to ask. If you were to start over from scratch in Kanama again, back, back at your first spike from day one, what would you do differently if you would do anything differently? If you were to begin over again. Hmm. Are we going back in time too, or am I starting in 2021? <laughs> uh, what will your body is in peak, peak physical performance when you start? <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's not what I was asking, but that is also important, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would prefer to get, get all the hours back. Like, uh, if okay. you like knew what you knew now, but you were to go back in time and you could start, uh, start over, how would you how would you do Kendama differently? What would you do first? It's hard to really think of it. I might not do anything differently. Um, would, would you change anything about your Kanama journey so far? No, I don't think so. I mean, maybe I, I would have not, uh, like tried to get sponsored by Kanamaco for three years. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> listen to that story. That's on Dominards. We don't get into that because that's a whole long story. Yeah. That like, it's probably not necessary but uh at the same time that that was a drive you know like yeah. i i got a lot better by trying to do that and all of my idols aside from stod and wyatt were the kendamico team yeah. you know like chris Hughes and bosh and bonds and like, their team was just the best at that time so mm -hmm. that's that was all i wanted was like i'm trying to be on that level i'm i want that to be my squad these dudes are they're crushing it and uh yeah so maybe even that was you know was an important formative experience um as i think as was being on my own for the first two and a half years um i was kind of just playing in my room until I moved out to California and there was 400 kids 
And suddenly I was like the best kendama player in the Bay Area. And I, I didn't know that I was good at Kendama yet because yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. only watching COTK videos. <laughs> Just comparing yourself to Stan. And- yeah. Um, but no, I, I do think that all of that kind of helped. I don't think I have any regrets. Um, um, yeah. No, no, that's it. Uh, I'll ask one last question because we have sure. a minute or two here. Uh, what is your proudest moment in Kendama? Oh. What are you most proud of? I think probably the fringe case premiere or uh, maybe the entire, the entire 18 months, (laughs) but obviously like the, the emotional peak of that was actually getting to show everybody. And, uh, I don't know the, the fact, the fact that I was able to sell that many $5 tickets to people and that you're a millionaire now, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, Kanama's richest player. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, no, I mean, on an hourly basis, there were way more easy ways to make money. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did not make a lot per hour for yeah, that entire video. Work went into it, yeah. yeah, but uh, no, yeah, just the fact that people trusted that. I was going to deliver enough that people were willing to pay actual money, which is kind of a new thing. I mean, it's still kind of a novel thing, but. Not only did you deliver, you (laughs) over-delivered. Because you changed Kendama for the the past two years. So I think it was well worth people's money. I I, I like to think so too, yeah. Um, Yeah, that's, that's definitely my proudest moment. I mean, I don't. I, uh, this is maybe sort of a bummer to say, I don't want to break people's hopes, but I don't expect to ever talk that as, mm-hmm. as a contribution, you know, I do hope that I'll get better at Kendama and I want to make more videos, but I don't think that, I don't think that I'll ever make a video that in one, in one push moves the game forward that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that's because other people to decide, like who knows? You can yeah. do right? Like True. Uh, capacity. So I don't don't underestimate yourself there. No, yeah. It's more I'm not saying I can't, but it's I just can't uh it's hard to imagine myself getting I don't know. It was there was sort of a perfect time where I had I had all these ideas and I was I was confident no one was gonna do any of them for 18 months. And that's way harder now. Like, I don't have any ideas now that I don't think anyone will think of. And that's great. And I love, I love that that's the case. I love that I've worked myself out of a job. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, I know you have to get going here. So let me, let, let's wrap this up so we can get you to your jam because we can't have the people not getting their bend time. So let me say this, Ben. Um, seriously, thank you so much for coming on here today. Thank you so much for sharing a bit more of your mindset towards Kanama, a little bit of your perspective and detailing some of the journey, both you know, the highs and lows of what it means to be one of Kanama's forefront players and pushing the needle and pushing the game. And also just your perspective on how Kendama tricks evolve over time. And I loved your graph analogy. I will probably end up using that in some in some regard in future episodes continually because that just makes so sure. much sense to me. Yeah, but, yeah. Don't use that same graph. 
Don't use the shitty one that I drew. I'll, I'll, I'll not draw my own. But seriously, thank you for everything that you've done for the game. Um, and I love that you keep an air of mystery about you because it, I think, causes us to be curious and to push more. Uh, you know, sure, we, we all want to know more about Ben, um, but I think it's also really dope that we don't know as much and that we're all left guessing. You know, what's he working on? What's he doing? And I think you've just done such a great job of cultivating progression in Kanama that you've pushed the game and you've pushed other people to level up themselves to the point that you are, in some regards, the most inspiring player in Kanama, uh, at least to pros and to the people that I've interviewed on this podcast. The people that are at the forefront of pushing the game are inspired by you. And, you know, maybe maybe you don't hear that from a lot of new gen players that are just trying to catch up to tabs and juggles. But when I interview players that have been playing for a long time and they say Ben Harold is the most inspiring player, I, I know what they mean. Like you are, you're pushing people to challenge the status quo of how we play Kanala. So yeah. seriously, Ben, uh, thank you for everything you do. Um, thank you to Grain Theory slash Steph slash Ben for the Tama. This is dope. Uh, got this up for battle. So lit. Uh, and Seriously, man, uh, all the best to you. I like to leave the final words, though, in your court to pass on some wisdom to the Kanama community, to the listeners of the review, anything that you would like to say to them as some <laughs> concluding statements. My concluding statement will be keep it up, keep doing what you're doing, and Kandama is just fine. I don't listen to the doomsayers. Kandama has never been doing better. And no matter what any of us are going through or the pandemic or whatever the next disaster is, Kandama itself is, has only gotten better. At least that's how I see it. And I, I just can't wait. I can't wait to see what Kendama tricks in 2022 look like and beyond to be crazy oh, yeah awesome again thank you so much ben and i hope you have a great rest of your day and we will see yeah. you guys on the review next likewise week. thanks for having me man it was awesome Absolutely.